You are listening to the No Formula Podcast, episode number 28. May Hori is the founder of Chocolata Bakery and Sweet Stuff, desserts and branded sweet tables for corporate events. With 10 years of experience, she's been featured in Pretty My Party, Elegant Wedding, Bride and Groom Canada, and received the Fearless Business Owner Award. In this episode, May reveals how she got into baking and how baking was her form of meditation. Check out her website, chocolata.ca, for your dessert needs. In the meantime, keep listening to hear when May started making a profit in her business, how she differentiates her services, and how being let go from her full-time job was just the push she needed to do her business full-time. The No Formula Podcast offers a glimpse into the lives of real entrepreneurs who possess a variety of experiences and backgrounds. Through raw conversations, learn about their passions, journeys, setbacks, and milestones. Join host Laura L. Bernhardt as she confirms that there is, in fact, no formula to success. Get inspired and stay motivated throughout your entire journey. Subscribe today. Hi, May. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I actually reached out to May on LinkedIn because I saw in her description that you created treats, chocolate treats. And I was like, um, I need to know more about this woman and what she does. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> right now, you are, you create treats for corporate events. But how, what were you doing before you became an entrepreneur? Um, so I was in, I actually graduated from hotel restaurant management mm-hmm. um, back a long time ago. It's awful. <laughs> Um, because the program has changed like drastically now. Um, so I studied hotel restaurant management. I didn't want to get into hotels, uh, I mean, to restaurants, but I started doing hotel sales. So I worked in hotels for a long time. I did sales for a long time with hotels. And, um, then I decided to kind of switch over and do something completely different, but still in sales. Um, I went into shipping for 10 years. What do you mean so, by shipping? Shipping. So I worked for a company um, that shipped mail, uh, mail pieces uh, for companies within Canada, but taking it and shipping it internationally. So Canada Post has a monopoly of Canadian mail. So we did international mail. So I had to go out and find uh, companies that did mass mailings and things like that. So magazines, uh, invoicing, you know, small packages, things like that. Okay, so cool. I did that for 10 years. Yeah. So then how did you, how did you get into baking? Um, I like desserts. I've always liked desserts. <laughs> so that's a given. I've always, uh, I've baked, but not tremendously. Like I've baked here and there. Uh, and then when I was on mat leave with my third uh, child is when I started uh, really taking a liking to baking. Um, my sister-in-law sent me a blog post about cake pops. Uh, and it was something new that nobody knew about and uh, I started making them and they were pretty easy for me to make Um, and then from then on I was like hey I could sell this so when I was on mat leave that's when I started and how did how did you decide to to service corporate events like how did that come about Um, I was actually when I first started I was uh, I was like I two corporate companies actually reached out to me to make cake pops for them. So that's Mm -hmm. where it kind of started where I was like, okay, this is something that corporate um, companies would probably want on a regular basis. Uh, So the first one I did was like H&R Block. 
So we oh, did, nice. uh, yeah, we did cake pops and with their tags and everything. We gave them during tax season when they were going out, um, I guess, promoting themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I did another event. Uh, it was a com- media company called C3 Events, and they wanted a thousand cake pops for an event that they had for their corporate client. Yeah, it was a lot awesome. of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you make them yourself, right? Yeah, I make it myself. So. Oh, my God. So a thousand of them by yourself? All by myself. Yeah, it was tough. Oh, my that God. That was hard. Holy crap. That was How hard. long did yeah. it take you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, that one, I think, took me almost a week. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, you have to pump out, like, 100, 100 a day minimum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had to really focus on um, scheduling myself properly during that week like when to bake when to roll when to dip in chocolate when to bag them like it was yeah I, oh I think I stayed gosh. up till three in the morning the last day <gasps> yeah to make sure everything was perfect that makes sense yeah. yeah and okay so they found you and they reached out to you but at this point that means you must have had some kind of website Facebook yeah well actually so yes I had uh, a website it was really badly done it was like blogger <laughs> okay if anybody remembers blogger like back in the day that's what I had and uh, that's how they reached out to me. And, um, and then I started a Facebook page. Yeah. But that was really slow because not everybody used Facebook back then. So Okay. So we're talking over 10 years ago. Yeah. Two, yeah. Three, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2011. Yes. Yeah. That long ago. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that, that's awesome because yeah. that means you're, you're still doing it and it's over, you know, like people say, yeah, oh, it's when you start a business, you have three years to see if it works and you've been doing it for almost 10, right? So, so I was lucky because while I was doing my side business, I had a full-time job. So that covered um, a lot of the expenses that covered, you know, my, you know, mortgage, my everything. So that my full-time job allowed me to pursue my um, side business. And uh, yeah, it took me 2015 I was 2015 I was let go and uh, that's when I started full-time oh you were let go yeah I was let go so um, after the shipping company I actually worked for another company for a year for Mm -hmm. a water company Um, and they after a year they let me go because I wasn't um, performing to their really basically yeah so yeah and that's when you decided okay it's time I'm gonna do my own thing oh yeah well that's the thing so for that year I was there at that Mm -hmm. company that just made me push me that much harder to do more of my side business so I feel bad like I know I wasn't really concentrating on my full-time job because I was really trying to push my my uh my business oh okay yeah and then I wasn't doing the numbers so they let me go but the business that company wasn't really nice to a lot of the employees so a lot of okay. the employees left they let go a lot of people and yeah so okay so you, that don't, was fine. you don't feel that bad <laughs> no I don't feel bad at all trust me um I think within the first couple of months being there I saw how that company worked and I knew that was it wasn't for me okay yeah but you okay so this actually this whole um kind of story I guess brings about my next question which is do you think it's possible to to have your full-time job and grow your side business without your full-time job like suffering absolutely yeah yeah, yeah so, i did it with the other job so it oh, was, okay okay yeah yeah i did it with the other job so it was okay good. yeah okay so then okay wow i didn't know that part so you were let go you start your full-time business so how was that how was that shift um 
Because now you have to start making your own schedules. You have to, you have to make sure there's income. Like, how is that? How's that shift for you? Well, and that's the thing, right? So when you're full-time working on your side business, you really have to make sure that once your side business becomes um, where you're able to bring in that income and it Mm -hmm. covers your full-time income, that's when you know you can go. So Um, how long, how long did it take you to, to get to that level? Um, so when I started 2011, so 2015 is when I um, was able to become full-time after they let me go. So I was able to, Okay. yeah. yeah. And if you don't mind me asking you from 2011, how, how long did it take for that, for your side business to become profitable? Like that extra source of revenue? Uh, I think 2014. Um, okay. So it took to a make, few years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And well, they tell you, right? Five years. Um, yeah expected com- like within five years three to five years you're able to you know make an income out of your business yeah and you did that on the side too like yeah, they, the I think they say that for full-time businesses that's true yeah right so you were able yeah. to do it part-time mm-hmm. and yeah. so going back to your to your business and and serving okay. events and stuff can you tell us more about the experiences that you've worked with with bigger companies with corporate companies, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like working with corporate companies. They um, they know what they want. They have a budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give you everything. Um, you know, they lay everything out exactly what they want, and they tell you to um, you know service them basically to give them exactly what they want. And it's uh, it's easier than doing weddings. It's easier than doing uh, birthday parties and social events because um, you're working with smaller budgets and you're working with okay you're working with people that have a certain budget and they want Mm -hmm. it done a certain way and they're more meticulous and they're more pickier Mm -hmm. so they don't allow you to be more creative so with and they're more stressed they're more stressed (laughs) and they want to make sure they're calling you all the time are you sure it's going to be working you know are you sure it's going to make it look nice Mm -hmm. are you going to so with corporate companies they let you do your thing they let you be creative and they're so happy in the end with what you come back with so I like that you chose your market and you chose one that worked for you, mm-hmm. which I think is very important, especially in smaller businesses. And you're doing them all by yourself. Yes. I do everything by myself. Oh my gosh. You must have a limit on how many, how many cake pops you can make a week. <laughs> um, I'm a lot faster now, so I think okay. I can pull out more than a thousand, but, um, Whoa. I, but I'm doing like cupcakes now. I do cakes. I do everything. So, I mean, I do have to have a schedule of how I uh, bake things. So like, you know, I start Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday type deals. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking of the logistics, if you don't mind going into that more. Yeah, sure. You have, let's say you have three clients, they have events. I guess you go to these events to set up too, right? Right. Absolutely. Okay. So you go, you go to these events, you set up, that obviously takes a lot of time. You have to actually make the treats. Mm Mm-hmm. That takes up a lot of time. So what does a week or maybe a day in the life of May look like? Um, okay, so a lot of, okay, so corporate events take place during the week. And then I have a mm-hmm. lot of events that happen during the weekend. Uh, so basically, it's scheduling myself properly during the week. Um, so I know what I can make two days, three days in advance. And I know what okay. I can make on the day. Um, everything is, Everything has a perishable date I guess you could say so Mm -hmm. cupcakes has to be made on the day of cake pops you can make a week before 
macarons you can make a few days before. So, I mean, it's, um, it's really scheduling all the items properly during the week, mm-hmm. making sure I have all of my fillings and all that stuff done way ahead of time so that when it comes to like frosting your cupcakes, everything is prepared. Yeah. And then I do sweet tables as well. So I have to pack all my stuff accordingly to the theme for the event. So I have all these boxes, everything, everything's packed. Um, and then, yeah, off I go. And I deliver and I set up and I go back and pick it up. Oh, you don't stay there. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. No, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about like the packaging because you have to bring, you have to transport all that stuff there. Right. Okay, so now I want to I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about being an entrepreneur. In your opinion, what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur? Uh, working from home and balancing work life. Really? Yeah. Can yeah. you go into more detail? Well, because my kitchen is based out of my house. Okay. And everything is at home. Uh, when the kids were younger, it was a bit harder to keep them separate. Um, I had to make sure that I did everything when they were sleeping or to make sure that my husband took them uh, for the day, like on the weekends away. Um, now it's better just because they're older and they understand, you know, my boundaries, you know, don't come into the kitchen, you know, while I'm working mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but, and it's also because I do everything, I work late. So mm-hmm. I can like an all-nighter and not see my kids so that's the hard part so at any point in your entrepreneurial journey did you ever feel like you wanted to quit no never 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 I don't want to go back and work for someone else that's that's what it is right yeah is your husband also an entrepreneur um yes and no (laughs) oh okay yeah it's weird he also works full-time but also has a side business Mm-hmm. Uh, he teaches martial arts so he um keeps he he's really good at keeping them both separate his martial arts uh studio is at night and on weekends and then he works full-time during the day so it's easy for him to keep everything separate so yeah but I think it's also helpful that both of you share that entrepreneurial bond yeah I guess yeah, yeah. help he's, you guys get through he'll never he'll never do his uh business full-time oh no Oh, never, no. Because he just doesn't want to? He likes uh, maybe he the likes stability? His, he likes his job. He likes the stability. He likes everything about it. So he will not, yeah. He oh. likes the fact that he has something on the side to go to as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's just uncommon, right? Because yeah. you hear people are like, yeah, I can't wait to, you know, leave my full-time job and and go at this full-time. But no, it's a very interesting no. perspective. Yeah, Tell him to come on. Come on. We can all chat. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just if you don't mind me asking, how do you get most of your clients? Um, a lot of it is actually a referral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, a lot of my clients refer me to their friends, family, to other clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of um, social media helps a lot as well and uh, doing collaborations with other vendors so they refer me to other clients oh. yeah. okay wait so how does that work like you guys both offer something to an event or a client 
Yeah, so I work with different vendors, balloons, um, you know, a wedding shop or like, you know, other, a caterer or anything like that. So they'll refer me because they don't do what I do. So they'll mm -hmm. refer me to a client. Oh, okay. That's great. And vice versa. So we, we refer our services to each other. Oh, that's so nice that everybody yeah. in the community kind of helps each other. Yeah, it's nice. It's not usually like that for all entrepreneurs. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, like we have our own competitors. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so it's, it's better to work to cross uh, sell or cross, I guess, collaborate mm -hmm. than to collaborate with someone that's doing what you do. Like, don't get me wrong, like in our baking community, we, we do refer each other business if we're busy. Um, but you see a lot of them that are more competitive than others. Oh, okay. And I guess that's how you got featured in like um, Elegant Wedding Bride and Groom Canada. Yeah. So we do a lot of collaborate, like a collaboration in shoots and style shoots. Mm -hmm. So we bring in all our services and then we basically... Um, put everything together, get it photo uh, photographed, and then we get we send them off to get it featured. That way you get um, SEO, backlinks, things like that. So, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So I guess you, you find them through your vendors because for anyone listening, they're probably like, well, how do I get in these magazines or on these websites? So do you because have... It's, it's a lot of networking, a lot of, you mm -hmm. know, um, emailing, you know, different vendors that you like that you see on Instagram or on Facebook that you like what they do and you want to work with them. Okay. So you, so you do a lot of outreach. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Both of us actually. Yeah. Yeah. So other vendors uh, and event stylists will contact me mm -hmm. um, and be like, I like what you do. So, you know, I'm putting on a styled shoot. These are some of the vendors with me. Would you like to come on board? Oh, very nice. Yeah. And do you have any, any tips for people to get their brand exposed to some vendors that they like other than emailing? Um, reaching out through Instagram, being, um, being very social, I guess, uh, is, that's the word. So honestly, it's, it's to reach out to these vendors and really be honest and open with them and say, I like what you do. This is what I do. And I'd like to collaborate with you. So just very genuine. Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. I, I really, I'm still carrying it over like how helpful the community is with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I'm interviewing people and they're like, yeah, I have a lot of competition and like that stops at that. Oh, well, I think everybody has um, their competitors and their, you know, every photographer has their own competitor and their, in their spectrum. Mm -hmm. But I find that I think the, um, the longer we work in our industry, the mm -hmm. more we find people to work with and the more we understand that my style is not going to be the same as another baker's style. So we okay. all have clients for each other. I guess you could say. Okay, okay. So that's how you differentiate yourself? Is your Yeah, you have to. Well, you have to, I think, because um, like... I think when it comes to especially like someone that makes cupcakes, I mean, everybody makes a cupcake. So mm -hmm. I think you're going to have to find something that makes you stand out more than the other person making a cupcake basically so so how do you make yourself stand out like what is your like oh yeah that's may oh, so <laughs> i yeah so i'm i started off with cake pops but um i quickly got into doing styled uh, uh, sweet tables and to style sweet tables into themes into colors and things like that so that's how i try to stand out with a lot of um be between competitors so not a lot of people do sweet sta uh, sweet tables hmm. They do, but they don't. Um, 
I'm everybody has their own style so I'm very like thematic with the colors with um let's say you give me your logo I will like brand the crap out of your table with your logo on cookies on everything make sure I bring out the colors with like tablecloth with plates uh, kickstands so that's what I that's what I do try to stand out from other vendors I can see how corporate likes that yeah they right do. yeah just absolutely. their logo everywhere <laughs> the colors or logo yeah everything yeah and then I also remember from one of our previous conversations that you said that baking was a form of meditation for you. Can you also tell us how that, how that has affected your life? So baking now has become more of a job than, <gasps> right? I mean, it's with anything, right? Once you find your passion and you do it, it becomes mm-hmm. a job. So um, I'm grateful for it because it brings in an income right mm-hmm. into my home. So Baking has always uh, helped me de-stress mm-hmm. and allowed me to be in a zone where um, I don't have to think of anything else. And so um, I discovered meditation while I was on uh, like 2013, 14, while I was very like, I didn't like where I was in life, I guess you could say. And um, at, at first you're like told you got to sit in a space by yourself, close your eyes and <laughs> Just think of nothing. And then I started learning to meditate. You don't really have to do that. You actually have to be doing something that you liked. And right. So writing, painting, um, baking, it puts you in a zone and it puts you, um, it puts you somewhere where you don't like where you want to be. And it gives you that peace of mind and it allows you to just kind of flow with where you are. So being mindful, you know, making sure I have the right ingredients, the right, you know, all that stuff. Um, and it just allows me to, um, yeah, be in the moment of things. Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about meditation, which is why I was very curious to ask you. And I never, I never looked at meditation like that. I always thought it was very much complete silence, no thoughts, uh, you're by yourself. And I don't know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but I can't do that. I can't sit there and do nothing. However, yeah, yeah. But if I'm doing something that I like to do, like let's say baking, painting, or any example that you gave before, I can see how that helps you distract from all your thoughts and you're focused, you're putting your energy towards something that you're doing. And that's what helps you focus on, instead of nothing, on this project. Right. It's a form of meditation and calming. Mm-hmm. Very and then all these ideas come to you after because mm-hmm. you're in a state of you know gratefulness you're in a state of you know just being in the moment so then all these ideas start coming and pouring in because there's nothing blocking them from coming through hmm I might try that paint yeah. or something yeah, it's just to be I mean you can't have music you can I mean some people like I dancing. start dancing and then ideas don't flow when I'm you know doing (laughs) the Gangnam style like it doesn't (laughs) I just don't flow in (laughs) Uh, okay so a personal question for you do you think you're successful oh that's tough (laughs) um well first to backtrack how do you define success that's so funny. I was actually listening to something today about that. Um, there's so many ways I could go about this. Um, 
how do I define the fact that I can do what I do on my own terms that's success to me right now it's gonna change I know later Mm -hmm. on but I mean right now because I'm able to work from home I see my kids even though I'm so busy Mm -hmm. I get to see them and um, I'm grateful that I was able to be home for them in the summertime yeah 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 that's very success that's success to me yeah and do you think or or rather what is the one thing that got you to where you are today if you just have to pick one thing one thing um I guess perseverance just to keep going yeah yeah that definitely helps and then before wrapping things up I have a very very important question what's your favorite dessert to make (laughs) (laughs) um okay to make um okay so I like raw chocolate chip cookie dough okay um and so I can make it without eggs and then making sure that there's no nothing bad so you can eat it raw Uh oh yeah you can totally eat it raw now so it's perfect yeah yeah so that's my favorite my second favorite is actually um so when I went to London last year I did a bakery tour so I went for a week and I toured all the bakeries that I wanted to go see everything that I found on Instagram. You know, my friend was there, she lives there. So she took me all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, two of my favorite desserts that I didn't even know were my favorite um, were eclairs from Maitre Chou. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And donuts from a place called Bread Ahead. And really? I, I, yeah. So like, it's like, biting into like this soft pillowy heaven it was amazing and uh, I started making the donuts so they're not as they're not as perfect as theirs but they're pretty close they're pretty good so I'm I'm still shocked that there you went on a bakery tour oh my god it was the most amazing tour I've uh, that's the best yeah you just go all around you eat desserts yeah pretty much and do they teach you how to cook though no, because I didn't contact them beforehand. Oh, okay. Um, so I would have, if I knew that a lot of them offer classes, I would have done it. Um, we went and we did a whole week, all day, just going around testing desserts, different bakeries. Like oh, I bought them, of course, but I yeah. like it. Okay, but this, no, I can't wait. The baking tour <laughs> is like you and your friends, you, you kind of planned yeah. it and you went? So, yeah, so my friend is in the UK. She's in London. Okay. And, um, yeah, I said, I want to do... We kept sending each other messages. Oh, you should try this whenever you come to London. Or you should try this when you come to London. So I finally was able to go to London for a week by myself. No kids, no husband, nothing. (laughs) And (laughs) it was so good. It was so good. (laughs) I recommend doing something like that. It doesn't have to be bakeries, but something like that. Just a week by yourself um that was a complete meditation for me it was me in the moment mm-hmm. enjoying every single place that I went to oh my and god that's awesome everything like my friend was like we go everywhere I'm like oh my god London's so beautiful oh my god it's so gorgeous oh my god it's so nice here and she's like what really <laughs> like, I'm sure she so would grimy. say the same so... thing if she came here though right right exactly yeah oh my I feel like um if ever you want another stream of revenue to start uh, managing tra- baking tours. Oh my god, that would be so good. Yeah, right. So good. Yes, that <laughs> would be t- good. 
you should totally consider that and then you can go anywhere in the world and get people to come with you oh my god that would be so good yeah okay considering (laughs) it (laughs) just teach us your help So, so May, thank you so much for being with us today. It was very interesting to learn about an industry I had, I never knew anything about. I love the community aspect of it and how you transitioned into doing something you're so passionate about. Before we leave, do you want to say any last words? No, just thank you so much for having me on and letting me just uh, talk about something that I truly love doing. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Before ending this episode, I want to highlight a few elements of May's business that we can learn from. First, her services cater to a specific niche, unfully intended. Second, she went out of her way to provide a unique service that helps differentiate her business in the industry. Three, she collaborates with other professionals in the industry which exposes her to new customers. Four, she figured out processes that allow her to scale her services when needed. And combined, this allows her to continuously succeed. Thanks for listening, everyone.